What's going on, everybody? As promised, we have some ACC basketball to go over. J.J. Jackson, Locked on Blue Devils, is in the building. We all knew what the standings would be. We knew Duke would be on top, but everyone else is trying to find their home. There's a little bit of Carolina action. There's a little bit of Boston College. You never know what you're going to get. Of course, that's what the ACC is all about. Let's talk to J.J. about some hoops. Here we go. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for making Locked On ACC your first listen each and every day. Be sure to follow us at Locked On ACC on Twitter. JJ Jackson, Locked On Blue Devils, is in the building. We're talking about some men's hoops today. But first, want to remind you guys that the holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift to be guaranteed with love. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. JJ, how's it going? Hope you had a great weekend. Same to you, Candace. I'm doing very well. What a weekend it was in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Still trying to get used to this new schedule. That's only a year or two old at this point. But on the weekend that we crown the champion in football in the ACC, we also now played the first games in men's basketball. What a crazy, crazy world we live in to keep up with all the sports. Uh, but to, look, we get no time off. We got to dive right into basketball season, and that's awesome. I'm telling you what, I think it's so, uh, if you have not been flying by the seat of your pants, you better get ready because basketball <laughs> is here, right? We're already talking about who is going to make a run in the tournament and all these other things. It's like, dang, can we just sit? Can we relax? Can we unbutton from Charlotte? Like, I'm still eating the barbecue and mac and cheese from the press box. Now I already got to go and talk about some ACC hoops, but it's fine. That's I bet fine. that was good. I, I it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really was just praying it wasn't subway no tea no shade subway and our sponsor so i can say it but i just you know with all the scandal of subway's food being real or not i was like please lord don't have a subway subs in here <laughs> i walk up there to bank of america stadium and i was like "Ooh, barbecue mac and cheese praise the lord praise the lord so it was good all that to say because clearly i, I could talk we could have a whole food podcast here do don't it. get me started <laughs> don't get me started but as you mentioned, Friday we kicked off with some men's basketball. Boston College and Notre Dame started things off for us. And Boston College with a nice win, a handy win, 73-57 to against Notre Dame. Virginia was the second matchup against Pittsburgh. They won by one point. And I'm just sitting here like, of course, Virginia. We figured I didn't think they would make it so close against Pittsburgh. But this Boston College team. Something that we should we be on notice is as someone who's sitting at the top, JJ, should we be worried about a team out there in Chestnut Hill? Yeah, as we mention every week, again, I host Locked on Blue Devils. 14 of the 15 teams have now played an ACC game in the conference. Duke is the only team that hasn't. Duke <laughs> falls from number one after their loss to Ohio State. They dropped two spots to number three, Candace, but still are the only team in the ACC to be ranked in the Associated Press Top 25 poll. I'd love to see that change. In terms of Boston College, I still don't know how to feel about a game like this that we saw on Friday with them defeating Notre Dame by 16 because I didn't think Notre Dame was going to be anything too special this season. I did think they would be improved. And again, this is so early, Candace. Like so many things 
are going to change between now, the 1st of December, and say the middle of January or early February when you're in the heart of ACC competition. But I was definitely surprised by the way Boston College played in that contest, uh, their first ACC game. Really haven't played anybody of note early on in their schedule, just to highlight some of their opponents for folks out there. South Florida, Columbia, Rhode Island, Utah. Actually played Rhode Island twice already in the year. Fairfield, like some of these teams are not that impressive that Boston College has already gone head-to-head with. So still time to learn more about the uh, Boston College team. But what a win it was to kick off ACC competition for them. No doubt. And I think Coach Grant really spoke to it during ACC tip-off just about how he really wanted to get people excited about Boston College basketball again. And they're certainly on the right start. It always helps to get a conference win, no matter how you slice it. And of course, against a guy like Coach Bray, it's, you know, let me take one off on the hat, tip the hat to the Eagles. And then again, Virginia, not looking like his usual self, but still being able to pull out a win. But then Pittsburgh, Coach Capel, you know, clearly a Duke in the energy, the brotherhood part of that sensation. I just feel like Pittsburgh is one of those teams where I don't know what needs to change, but I'm not saying it's capable, but I'm not saying it's not. Candace, <laughs> Pittsburgh has been terrible. They have been yeah. terrible to start this season, which isn't awesome. Haven't enjoyed watching that because, as you said, Duke fans, we do love Jeff Capel so much yeah. from his playing days as a player for Mike Krzyzewski and then, of course, as an associate head coach for the number of years that he was on the bench. But they've already lost non-conference games to the likes of the Citadel. They played a really close four-point game with Towson. Who does that? And then they lost to UMBC. They pulled a Virginia and then actually had to play Virginia to kick off the ACC season. They lost by 10 to UMBC. Things are really tough right now for Jeff Capel's bunch. The fact that they even made it a game and were close, almost winning, as you said, losing by one, was really, really surprising to me. And it was a last-second shot that Jaden Gardner had to hit for Virginia in order for it to even be a ball game and to get Cavaliers that are winning the conference opener. So I don't know what to take from that game other than it was super low scoring at 57-56. And I guess it's just awesome to see these ACC games back in action. You know, I really feel like Coach Cable's not having a good time. Like, I don't know why he left Duke, whatever reason it was, you know, albeit wanting to take that head coaching spot. But I just feel like he's not having a good time. Do you ever see him going back to Duke in some sort of capacity? Because I know John Shire's about to start his career, and Duke's a job that you probably stay there forever. But if it doesn't work out, could you see a Cable taking rank over there at Duke? Yeah, no, I think that he was obviously one of the guys that people were talking about when things were going really well at Duke in terms of being the recruiting guy. It's funny, after Jeff Capel left and John Shire kind of elevated himself as the associate head coach, then sometimes revisionist history set in that more folks wanted to give John Shire credit for the recruits as opposed Mm -hmm. to Jeff Capel and almost kind of like deleted his existence on that coaching staff for Duke. I think he left because he wanted to have more head coaching experience. He already had stops at VCU and Oklahoma. Those were successful to a degree, taking both of those schools to NCAA tournaments and felt like maybe, Candace that if he had head coaching experience and was currently a head coach in the ACC and proved that he could win in the conference, that he would be more of a viable or more attractive candidate for Duke to hire when replacing Coach K. What we did not know was that Coach K wanted to do this sort of farewell tour and have one final year where we know it's going to be his last year while also having a coach in waiting in his staff, which is how Shire was able to slide into that role. But now as you currently sit here and ask me, 
if I'm Jeff Capel, would I rather be the head coach of the two and six Pittsburgh Panthers or would I rather go back to being an associate head coach for Duke basketball? I'm going to Durham. I'm sitting there in Cameron Indoor Stadium <laughs> enjoying the show with the crazies and being a part of Coach K's final staff. Yeah, and listen, no doubt. I completely agree there. I think it's tough watching this all transpire because, again, it's almost like you're watching what could have been, what should be, what could be when in terms of national title because they're definitely on that track. And just to see the way the program is going, it feels like it's going to be some conversations at the end of the season. I'll just say that. Want to go to Saturday's games, okay, of course, because not just Friday. But ACC matchups aren't the only thing that we're talking about. We want to remind you guys that if you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, it's Boost Mobile. Free, unlimited, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. I want to make sure I get that right because I know y'all are going to come for my neck. In the mentions, if you're trying to get to Boost Mobile, additional restrictions apply. Offers, coverage not available everywhere or for all phone networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. We have J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils joining the show, and we are going over men's basketball start to the season conference play. A lot of good things going on. On the men's side of things, we to look to Saturday's games this past weekend. While everyone, some people were in Charlotte, others were across the ACC looking at their teams trying to navigate. Is it too early to write the season off, or should we be all in? Clemson played Miami, beat them, or sorry, Miami beat Clemson 80-75. to Louisville beat NC State. I really want to talk about that one here in just a second. Wake Forest beat Virginia Tech handedly. I want to talk about them as well. Syracuse beat Florida State 63-60. to Very close one. Pulled it out, though. But let's talk about Clemson-Miami first. I feel like it's just typical Clemson. They have the horse in the stable at times, but they can't quite get it done. Miami, you never know what you're going to get with that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, what a game it was. We got to talk about all these games, Candace, we did. right? It's finally <laughs> back. ACC basketball season is here, so let's recap some of the fun that happened uh, to open up the season. As you mentioned, the five-point victory for Miami, you know, they closed on, on a 12-0 run to sort of end the game and ice the deal. Uh, that gave me PTSD, Candace, because in the Ohio <laughs> State game for Duke, the Buckeyes yeah. ended on a 12-0 scoring run and Duke just couldn't score before losing by a five-point margin. So very similar storylines with what Clemson just pulled and what Miami did as well. But they had a career-high 18 from Sam Wardenberg. Look, Jim Laranega, we know the drill by now. He's been in Miami for what seems like forever at this point, always has a super, super competitive team. I'm not too high on this Clemson bunch yet. I think they're going to be in the bottom half of the ACC. Could be wrong, just haven't really seen anything stand out so far. I think these are two of the, the least appealing teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But games like this to kick off the season, a good barometer, a good measuring stick to see exactly where they're at. How did you feel about this one? 
Yeah, I felt like it was a great game. Honestly, I've never seen Larry Nega and Bayheim in the same room. I'm just saying, if you like blink twice, if you like, you know, do your eye like that, I think they look <laughs> the same. But that's just me. But no, I do think Miami is definitely one of those teams that they stay in games, especially in the back half. They make sure that they are always able to at least give themselves a fighting chance. And then if you go to sleep at the wheel, they're absolutely going to come away with the win, which is what they did. And so that to me is what's impressive about their squad. Year in, year out, you see the transfers, you see, you know, guys coming in and it just never seems to be like one happy home that people stay for very long, which is fine. But they figure out ways to do it and kind of upset every now and again. Now, talking about Louisville and NC State, a game that NC State has shown me how much energy they're going to have throughout the season. Their cardiac pack, for sure. If you want to blink, you will miss some sort of high-flying action. Sebron, ACC Player of the Week, he is doing big things. He is carrying the team since that Manny Bates character went down. And I just feel like they have what it takes to be a good team, but can they finish games? In this case, it was not so because the Louisville Cardinals definitely showed that they were about that action. No doubt about that. I mean, this NC State team has been sort of fun to watch in the non-conference. They've got some fun non-conference games still left on their schedule. They've got to play the number one team in the country now. They've got a game versus Purdue this upcoming weekend at the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational to lose by five on their home floor. To kick off ACC play is not what the Wolfpack wanted to have happen. I love their backcourt, though, with Cam Hayes and Terquavion Smith. But mm-hmm. Darian Seaborn has been one of the talks of the ACC so far. They had that crazy four-overtime basketball game last week. Did NC State, Candace? Insane. Seaborn <laughs> had, like, 39 points or just, like, numbers you don't see in college basketball. I mean, just crazy, crazy what they were able to do. So this state team looks like a whole lot of fun, but let's give credit to Louisville, right? They came up Mm -hmm. on the winning side to start their ACC play. Chris Mack was suspended, was kind of away from the team for those first several games of the season. They look back, they're ready to rock and roll, it seems like, and we'll have to keep our eye on Louisville this season for sure. Absolutely agree there. Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech coming into the season with a lot of people feeling like the senior leadership and what the coach was going to bring to the squad. They were going to be one of these teams you had to keep their eye on. And yet here we are talking about a Wake Forest victory, a team that Coach Forbes has certainly, you know, given let us be the underdogs, let us fly under the radar. We're perfectly fine with that. And they're sitting pretty with some really significant wins, beating Northwestern, beating Virginia Tech. I'm not saying we should be keep Wake Forest on, everyone should be on notice about Wake Forest, but I'm saying because I think it's always fun for, especially North Carolina basketball, when all four are decent squads because you never know what kind of game series you're going to get out of the crew. No, it's really important. It's a whole lot of fun when these two teams uh, are playing well. And as you said, when you get all four ACC schools in the state of North Carolina, it's the hoop state for a reason, Candace. <laughs> it's always going to be that way, whether Wake Forest is down or not. They're still yeah. going to have a lot of talented players there. Wake Forest had lost six straight versus Virginia Tech, so good to see them kind of get over the hump. Davian Williamson had 19 points for Wake Forest. I love the fact that he was at ETSU when Steve Forbes was there. And when Mm -hmm. Forbes took the job at Wake Forest, Williamson was like, no, that's my coach. (laughs) I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. And now we get to see him playing on a big stage in the most elite prolific conference in college basketball in the ACC. I know the league's a little down right now, but in terms of just the value, the name brand recognition, the ACC is still pretty good. And uh, to have a four-point lead at halftime, that was the other thing. Wake Forest had a four-point lead at halftime. Really close game. In the second half, 
you couldn't tell it because it was all Demon Deacons <laughs> and they really stepped on the throat of Virginia Tech. Yeah, no doubt. Again, I think that the Demon Deacons are certainly a team that everyone wrote off last season, but I always have said they were in games. They just couldn't finish games. I think that comes with just learning and getting the right players in the right system in order, learning Coach Forbes. He's only in his second year. So I think that's what we're starting to see the growth. And I think with year three and year four, definitely you're going to have to put everybody on notice when it comes to that. Final game, I want to talk about Syracuse and Florida State. Florida State, a team was part of the new blood energy. Everyone assuming that they're going to be good. Coach Hamilton, of course, he always brings that depth when it comes to his program. But we've clearly seen flaws already. A big loss against Florida, now a loss against Syracuse. I mean, credit to the Orangemen for getting it done. But I will say, did this say more about Syracuse or about Florida State's lack this season? I'm going to give Syracuse the publicity and the love here for what they mm -hmm. were able to do in the second half. They trailed by eight at halftime. Florida State had won 25 straight games in ACC play at home. That is the second longest streak ever to Duke, who won 26 straight ACC games from 97 until 2000. It's hard to go to Tallahassee and win on the road there. And at halftime, you're Syracuse. You're down by eight. You're not making a whole lot of shots, which they need to do typically for those Syracuse teams. Now you've got mm -hmm. the Bayheim brothers, Joe Girard, shooting it from the outside. You're not making shots. And then you find a way to start doing that in the second half while playing better defense, limiting what Florida State wants to do and can do to pull out that three-point victory. Syracuse is legit. I got to start giving them some love because I do think that they will be a team. Uh, they'll get back in the top 25 at some point in uh, college basketball. I really do believe that about Jim Beheim's bunch. I think they're really talented. Yeah, I agree. I think after watching that Indiana game, you just saw the kind of fight that they have within each other. They're not waiting for that NCAA tournament moment to really turn it on. They're trying to show that they can be a very strong squad. I want to make sure we mention, though, this Sunday game, because I think it's one where it has a lot of burning questions for everybody who is just wondering whether or not Carolina is going to be a halfway decent team. But first, I want to remind you guys that we know the college football for the ACC is about wrapped up, but there are still bowl games. And there absolutely are still opportunities for you to get some betting action in. So make sure you guys hit up the College Sports Daily Fantasy Leader in Prize Picks. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all of the star players of the Power Five teams, especially the ACC. It offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users that deposit and use your promo code locked on will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match for up to $100. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. One of my favorite holiday memories is spending time with the fam around the Christmas tree while we open presents and get all of those reactions and all the sentimental values of gifts that we decide to give each other each and every year. The holidays again are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and families an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, <laughs> you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use promo code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free 
with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword college. JJ Jackson here, wrapping up the show. Locked on Blue Devils host. Make sure you guys check him out. Sunday matchup, Carolina faced Georgia Tech, beating them 79-62, and they were on the road. We all know Carolina had trouble last season with guys like Moses Wright, guys like Jose Alvarado, but that was not who was on this squad coming in. Carolina's figuring out how to play defense, and they're figuring out how to use that offense. They do not still have a point guard, but there's still time (laughs) to figure out who – I mean, Caleb Love's great, but that's not his dominant position. Want to know your thoughts about a good Carolina team and how they're rolling? Do you think they can keep this kind of momentum up? I do. I think uh, they're obviously figuring some things out. And, yes, this is coming from, as you said, the host of Locked on Blue Devils. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see that I'm wearing Duke gear today. And so, (laughs) look, I I think that North Carolina is starting to figure some things out. The back-to-back performances that they've had defensively, really impressive and part of the big reasons why they've been able to win basketball games. I did not foresee – the performance versus Michigan coming that they had last Mm. week in the ACC Big Ten Challenge because of the fact they were struggling playing defense. They gave up 80-plus points to Brown. They were – like UNC Asheville was competitive with the Tar Heels Mm -hmm. for a stretch offensively, and the defense just was not there for North Carolina. Clearly, that has changed. And on Sunday, North Carolina behind early a little bit against a Georgia Tech team that, yes, as you said, Candace won the ACC tournament a year ago, had to replace Moses Wright and Jose Alvarado. But Michael DeVoe is back in his senior mm-hmm. year. And I don't know if people realize this, but Michael DeVoe came into Sunday's game as the nation's leading scorer, averaging mm-hmm. 25 points per game. North Carolina limited him to 13 or 15 points, somewhere in that range. And all of it was done in the first half. The second half, He was completely a non-factor. North Carolina, as I said, started the second half, tied, end up winning by 17. Really terrific performance from Hubert Davis's bunch. He's going to be pleased on that one. It was on the road, which you should never, ever, ever sell short what it takes to win an ACC road contest. So the fact that they were able to do that in the first first game uh, that uh, Hubert Davis has had in ACC play as the Tar Heels head coach was nothing but commendable. Really nice job by North Carolina. Yeah, and he, with Dean Smith, are one of the first few Carolina coaches to win their opening matchup against an ACC opponent. So credit to him for not only winning the first ACC game, but after you beat a Michigan where everyone says you're an inconsistent team, you go in and you get two wins in a row, two big wins, right? I know Georgia Tech is not the same Georgia Tech of old, but there's still an ACC opponent that you have to always take seriously, especially at home. So I think that's the biggest thing of growth we're seeing out of Carolina because the last two seasons, I can almost guarantee you after feeling high about Michigan, they would have blown that Georgia <laughs> Tech game, feeling themselves too much, getting a little too big for their britches. But you see them kind of dialing in and really saying one game at a time, one possession at a time, one half at a time, all of those things that Carolina is going to have to do, right? Because we know they're not the perfect team. And you know the person down the street is lethal. right you know that you're going to have to bring your a game every single time so we might as well get in as best practice as possible so no I completely agree there it'll be interesting to see again how they deliver as we get through the rest of this season and imagine offensively for North Carolina right like like Armando Baycott was the guy for North Carolina coming into the year he's had great games so far this season 
He's right. had a couple of clunkers where it's like, where exactly is Armando in this? But the Armando shooting, being inconsistent? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> the shooting has been what's impressive to yeah. me, Candace, from North Carolina, particularly in their wins. You've got guys like Brady Manick competing and contributing from the outside. RJ so grateful Davis for Brady. <laughs> had a game-high 23 points in that one. When you're knocking down shots from the outside, Caleb Love knocked down three three-pointers as well. That makes this North Carolina team more dangerous. Granted, it's only three players, right? It's only R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, and Brady Manick. Nobody else on the team even attempted a three-pointer versus Georgia <laughs> Tech, which is kind of wild. I thought somebody like Leaky Black would be feeling it at some point. He would want to pull up and, and try to take one. Darlson Garcia possibly, although he didn't play a whole lot. But, uh, no, the fact that North Carolina was able to make shots from the outside made their job on defense a little bit easier, too. I think it'll be interesting to see how Hubert does this whole rotation thing because there's been a lot of talk about people not getting enough minutes and him not changing rotations enough because Roy was willing to change starting lineups 10 times a year, yeah. right? So I think it'll be interesting to see how he does it because if it's not broke, maybe don't fix it. You know, Don't force yourself to have to train to give guys the opportunity to say they started the game. In this day and age, it's like if I don't get you know enough minutes to play, I'm transferring. So That's can fair. guys really dial in and make sure the end goal is still getting a national championship no matter how you sell yeah. it? I mentioned shooting, and I think the one guy that comes up then would be Kerwin Walton, right? Because mm -hmm. he had a very good freshman season a year ago. Kerwin only played seven minutes versus mm -hmm. Georgia Tech and only took one shot. It wasn't even a three-pointer. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that other guys are getting a little bit more run than Kerwin Walton, who coming into the year – was believed to be, still is probably, your best three-point shooter, and you still feel comfortable playing without him. Definitely interesting, definitely something that North Carolina fans are going to have to get used to if this is a new, lesser role for Kerwin Walton to see how the team fares. Listen, come in and do what you're supposed to do. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you, man. You are such an – I'm so excited for this season because you are literally the basketball guru. <laughs> I just come in and let the questions fly and there you just go. roll with it. So this we got a good fun. vibe. This Please let fun. me know where folks can find you, follow your work. Yeah, thanks, Candice. On Twitter, at underscore JJ, underscore Jackson, underscore Lockdown Blue Devils each and every day. Find us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And coming in the new year, it's official – Locked on Blue Devils is going to be joining the YouTube community. So we're Woo! making the jump as well. So coming in the new year, the page is already out there. Go ahead and subscribe to us at Locked on Blue Devils. It would mean a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to uh, jump into the YouTube space. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be lit. Welcome to the YouTube family. It's fun. It's a little bit, you know, it gets a little rowdy here from time to time. But you never know. It is always a good one. All right, guys, come back tomorrow. We're going to have coaching updates uh, more football conversations with AJ Black. He's going to give us some transfer news. You know, every other day somebody's trying to enter that portal. So we'll have all the updates there. And make sure you guys come back Thursday and Friday for some basketball talk. Preview the rest of the weekend, men's and women's hoops to get down for. So we look forward to seeing you guys then at Locked on ACC on Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube wherever you get podcasts. We are available for Candace Cooper and JJ Jackson. Until next time.